Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another week of the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. As always, I am so happy to have you joining me here and tuning into the show. Before we dive into today's interview, I wanted to do a couple of community announcements as well as the review of the week because I just think it's amazing to hear what you all are saying about the show and this community. It's really what helps and drives us forward. So first off, from an announcement standpoint, is that we have a new book club pick for the Balanced Black Girl Book Club for April and May. And our latest book club pick is going to be Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper, which was suggested by a member of the Balanced Black Girl community in our Facebook group. If you have not yet joined our Facebook group, it's the Balanced Black Girl podcast community on Facebook, which will be linked in the show notes. Someone recommended this book, and I've been following Brittany's work for a while, and I've had the book on my radar, and I thought, of course, that would be the perfect book club pick. So really excited to dive into that. I will have all of our book club information linked in the show notes where you can buy the book, where you can connect with the community, and where you can opt in to receive updates with important book club announcements. Because I know that book club meetups are something that this community really wants more of. So stay tuned for that. And we'll have all of that information linked in the show notes. So for this week's review of the week, it says, another wonderful episode. Les does an incredible job bringing in guests that have powerful stories and perspectives that push against what we've been conditioned to believe throughout our lives. The conversations are always so natural. I feel like I'm hanging out on the couch with y'all just going on with the episode. I have to say that the episode with Maria Rodriguez was magical. Maria has such an amazing story and shares it with such honesty and openness. It truly showcases how resilient she is and how determined she is to create space and accessibility for everyone. Thank you for providing this platform so stories like Maria's can be heard. So thank you so much for this incredible review. You know, really my goal for the show is to make it as natural and conversational as possible. So when you're listening, I want you to feel like you're hanging out with me. I want you to feel like you're hanging out with the guests. And if that resonates with you, I am so, so glad because for me, that is mission accomplished. And I also have to share that I am so glad that you loved the episode with Maria. Uh, Maria is a friend of mine. I loved getting to chat with her for that episode and getting to introduce her to so many of you. And I am so glad that her story resonated with you because that is exactly exactly what this show is all about. So if you have not yet left us a review for the Balanced Black Girl podcast on iTunes, please do so. It's really what helps the show grow. It is what helps iTunes show the show to new people and what helps us really grow our community and make these stories heard. So thank you so much to everyone who has left a review. And if you have not yet, I would love to read your review on an upcoming episode. So today we are going to dive into our interview with Irie Love. Irie is a talented singer, fitness instructor, activist, mentor, and empowerment coach. She's actually new to Seattle, and that is how she and I met through the Seattle wellness scene here. And I started taking her cycling classes and just fell in love with her energy, and I'm honored to now call her a friend. She's really determined to use different platforms to empower women and youth worldwide through her love 
of music, health, and wellness. And we just had such a great conversation about life, about overcoming obstacles, about what happens when your world just completely gets turned upside down and you have to start over and and reinvent your life from the ground up and what that looks like. And I walked away from this conversation feeling inspired, feeling motivated, feeling ready to tackle new challenges in a whole new way. And I am so excited to introduce her to you. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right, Irie, welcome to the show. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you. So glad to finally be here. This is awesome. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I'm happy to have you on the show. Yes. So to start things off, can you tell our listeners a bit more about who you are, what you do, and your background? So I was born and raised in Hawaii, and I moved to Seattle in December. Where are we? Yeah, December. Mm-hmm late November, December. Um, I've lived all over the world. I lived in Jamaica. I lived in London. I went to college in California, um, just outside of LA. So I've lived in a lot of different places, but um, Hawaii is always home. And I've kind of gone back and forth living there and living away. Um, I started singing in 1999. I won like a talent competition at my high school and kind of just snowballed from there. I didn't really ever intend on being a singer. I never thought of that as something I would want to do or a career or even something that I was good enough to do as a career. Mm-hmm. And so um, when that happened in 99, it was really just like a huge turning point for my life because all before that I was an athlete and I thought that that was my life path. And so I cracked my leg, I lied to my coach, Mm. and he eventually figured it out. I collapsed on the court in basketball, and long story short, I did the competition to kind of like switch gears and switch my attention, and I ended up winning, and now it's been 20 years now that I've been singing. So I'm super grateful for that turn of events, and really that was a pivotal moment for me just as a person because so many times I think in life people or all of us we think that we have to choose one path or that we have one talent that we're good enough to follow and that's just not true at all I love that you said that so let's talk a little bit more about that because from starting with that first talent show that began a career in the music industry for you right that you pursued for a long time and now you work in wellness as as an instructor so can you tell us a little bit more about what working in the music industry was like for you and what made you decide to transition into wellness? Yeah, uh, it's a very interesting uh, jump of careers for sure. I get a lot of funny reactions about it. Um, I just, I think I did it so quickly that I didn't really have time to think about it, which for me is really empowering because our mind has so much pointless worry and chatter that goes on from day to day that Mm -hmm. can really detour you from taking chances or from following your passion Mm -hmm. and you know growing up as an athlete obviously I was always really passionate about fitness and I was always naturally athletic Mm -hmm. my dad was in the NFL when I was a kid and all my brothers and sisters played sports as well so it's in my my genes but at the same time uh 
I just kind of started to get burnt out on music. Uh, the industry is, as you would expect, pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, I was on American Idol. I was on The Voice, The Voice UK. I was on X Factor. And, you know, I just basically knocked on every door that was presented to me and really followed every lead and went with every producer. And, you know, it's just, it eventually can really wear you down especially if you're not willing to sacrifice uh, your morals and values, if you will. That's real. <laughs> that was a big part of it for yeah. me. And, you know, it just became really frustrating because in Hawaii, I was, I'm a big fish in a small pond. Obviously, Hawaii's tiny, very isolated. And then when I moved to L.A. in 2000 and was doing music there, you know, L.A. is a crazy place. If you've yeah. never been to L.A., <laughs> there's so much to do. There's so many people. There's, But at the same time, it's just like I feel like everyone there is trying to be somebody instead of just finding who they are authentically. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. And so that just coming from Hawaii where everyone is so yeah. authentic and so down to earth and so loving and such a huge sense of community mm -hmm. that it was just a culture shock for me. Yeah. And it changed my personality. I just became a bitter person and was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And that's never healthy. That's yeah. toxic no matter what you're trying to do. Yeah. So yeah, you know, fast forward 20 years later, I basically, um, I had a huge breakup and I needed to get off the island. And so one of my best friends is born and raised in Portland. I met her in Hawaii, but she lives in Portland. And she was like, come to Portland, get away. You know, sisters that rally around you, soul sisters, blood sisters, whatever they are, I mean, that is a lifesaver so many yeah. times in my life these females in my life have saved me yeah. from myself from other people <laughs> from situations mm -hmm. and so my friend lisa i call her munch because she's so small she's a munchkin <laughs> and i'm six feet so everyone's a munchkin to me but um she's just an angel and she took me in and um whenever i would go to la throughout my career i'd always ride at soul cycle mm -hmm. for like the last six years yeah and I just loved that the workout was like going to a dance club but you're working out and you I saw more results on the bike than I'd ever seen in any other type of workout I've mm -hmm. done and my sister used to work the front desk there so I got in for free and I got addicted so when I went to visit Munch she had a place called Cycle Bar that was next door to where she lived I went to work out there one of the recruiters was there riding next to me in the class I happened to go to. Mm -hmm. Long story short, she ends up recruiting me. I end up moving to Portland with no plan to ever move. I just was on like a break yeah. from Hawaii and clearing my head really. Yeah. But it's those moments, you know, when we're not expecting mm -hmm. something, when we're not even in, intending anything to happen or change or to meet anyone. Those are the moments when the universe can really interject in your life and create those magical connections and so that's really what that was you know I went to just escape and like have a moment of sanctuary and be loved on in a space that I felt safe and in that moment my guard was down yeah. 
and this huge opportunity came in that just like shifted my whole career path. So yeah, from there I started writing at Burn, fell in love with Jessie Dooley. Um, she's an amazing advocate for marginalized groups mm -hmm. and has created such an incredible community of empowered people who love on each other like a family and I just loved that. And so now here I am in Seattle and I'm in the wellness space and I'm loving it. And none of that was ever a part of my plan at all. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes the best things are what happen when you're not living according to plan. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that we, we focus so much on being organized and having a long-term plan put together. And I mean, even the things like 401k, like that to me, like makes my skin crawl, just the idea of 401k, yeah. because I feel like everything that we put energy behind has a certain um, way of like guiding us on a, a particular path. Mm -hmm to where you don't look to the side at all. Yeah. You're like, I have to stay this course, this is a good plan, this is responsible, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yep. Those are all such trigger words for me. Yeah. Because I feel like nothing that I really, really genuinely enjoyed happened when I was doing that. Mm -hmm. I, I had the, all the magic moments happen when I was broken, mm. when I lost my plan, yeah. when I couldn't figure things out, when I was broke, when I was so frustrated that I just gave up and took a break for a second from whatever I was dredging through and pushing through and trying to create mm. and just took a moment to be still. Yeah. That's when the things happen that have changed my life in the most magical ways. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I have chills, but it's, it's so true. It's like in those moments where maybe you're going through something and you feel so frustrated or you feel like you can't get any lower, like that's when the breakthroughs happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I listened to this guy, um, his name is Jason Silva, mm -hmm. and he is just a, a philosopher. He just lives in a different realm. He's like this incredible being and just words flow through him like prophecy. Mm. And you can literally see when he kind of transcends his human body and is just talking from the ethers. And it's sometimes such a ramble that it's hard to keep up. But yeah. I love the way that he uses language yeah. and just allows himself to be a vessel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we all have that capability. Yeah. But you have to cultivate being able to really just be open yeah. and not be thinking and speaking, but just being open, feeling, and allowing the words to come out. Mm -hmm. And that is when we are our most authentic selves. So that's something that I've been practicing and like following him really inspires me to stay in that space as much as I possibly can, yeah. both in my professional and my regular personal life. Yeah. That resonates with me so much because, you know, I, for the year 2019, my focus word has been space, like creating mm. space for good yes. things to happen. Because I feel like if you get so down in the weeds, or if you're trying so hard to make things perfect or make everything fit, you, you don't have space yep. for things to get better. You don't have space for like blessings and amazingness to come to you. And I feel like exactly. that's so much what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's creating the space in your mind, creating the space in your environment. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's a lot of 
people that are advocates of like the minimalist lifestyle and I basically did something similar to that when I moved to the Pacific Northwest I just like had a ton of clothes and you know performing over the years I had yeah. a ton of these beautiful garments that I wanted <laughs> to save that I and it was just like what is the point of carrying all this? I think yeah. of Erica Badu's Bag Lady mm-hmm. all the time. That song just starts playing in my <laughs> yeah. head. And I'm like, why am I carrying all these bags? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, not only am I creating this energy of like holding on to the past, yeah. but also there's literally no space yeah. for anything new to come in. Mm-hmm. I have to let go. Yep. And so when you do those physical representations of letting go energetically, with your space, with your clothes, with your house, whatever it is. People. People. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. Just open up a can of worms there. There you go. <laughs> Lots to unpack oh, yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's one of the most empowering things you can do. Mm-hmm. For sure. I love that. Yeah. So for listeners who may not know or maybe haven't picked up on this, we know each other in real life. We're actually recording this in real life, which is great, (laughs) which is fun. Um, And recently, Irie and I met up for drinks, and we ended up having just like the best conversation about energy and manifestation. Yes. And I would love to talk to you a little bit more about that, um, starting with manifestation especially. Mm -hmm. So what have your experiences with manifestation been like? And how would you describe it to someone who maybe isn't familiar with the art of manifesting? Yeah. Well, um, I think the first thing to really delve into is acknowledging that we're all manifesting all the time. Mm. So whether it's a conscious manifestation or subconscious, that is literally how life works. Mm So the acknowledgement of our power and our ability to create consciously is really something that is becoming a more popularized concept. Yeah. And I think that it's, a lot of it has to do, I mean, I can go so deep into the ethers (laughs) with this kind of (laughs) subject matter, but to generalize it for people who aren't familiar, um, really just, if we, are willing to accept our power, we have to accept both sides of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it difficult for people is that everything that comes into our life is being created for the purpose of our growth. Mm. And so a lot of times those things are really, really painful. Yeah. Losing people, getting sick, um, you know, loss of anything or any job or any, you know, life path or, you know, any kind of pain that we experience is intentional mm-hmm. and it's there to help us to grow. And a lot of times, a lot of people get stuck in patterns and there's so much repetition of pain and we start to identify with our pain. Mm. And so then we are continually putting more and more energy behind feeling pain and having painful situations. Mm. And so, yeah, I have goosebumps. So real, I do. Because it's such a heavy thing, you yeah. know, it's such a it's a heavy subject. I mean, to to accept the responsibility for sickness and loss is just like overwhelming for some people. Yeah. And I and I and I empathize with that. You yeah. know, I recently lost my grandmother who was not old and was not sick as we thought. And then all of a sudden, oh, her stomach hurts. Boom, she has stage four cancer. Boom, she's gone. Yeah. 
and you know it's just those moments in life where you're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa wait, what like yeah. before you even get a chance to wrap your head around what's happening yeah. this huge lightning bolt strikes your life and so from there we say why did this happen she was such a wonderful person. You know, you start to run off all these like excuses of like, why is the world against me? And what did I do wrong? And and really, that's not what it is at all. Yeah. You know, these, these moments of pain are the balancing of life that's making us, that's pushing us to grow, to crack us open so we can be renewed over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But we have to decide with our free will that that's what we want. Yeah. Otherwise, we will keep having situations that will break us over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking from personal experience too. You know, my whole life was flipped upside down when I had my breakup um, almost two years ago now. Yeah. And it's been one of the most painful, transformative last year and a half of my entire life. Yeah. And But something that can take you to rock bottom is really the only way for you to understand how powerful you really are. And so something like that, we need to be more willing to be open to being cracked the fuck open. Yeah. It's not comfortable. I'm not saying that it was easy. I mean, I was suicidal. I like I said, had women around me that rallied that would check in on me. We had, you know, women that took me into their homes and I stayed with different, you know, sisters and their families. And, you know, my mom, of course, my, my actual blood sisters too, but just a tribe of women that were there to support me as I just stumbled over these, you know, this horrible dark place. I feel like I like fell into this cave. Mm and it was black and there was like rocks and holes and monsters everywhere. Yeah. And I saw this little, little blink of light and it would flicker to the point that I wouldn't even see it at all sometimes. Yeah. And those are the moments when you feel like you want to be done. Mm -hmm. And without those women, I don't know how I would have made it through. I know that it's possible. Yeah. But maybe it only took me a year and a half. I was with this person for 10 years. Yeah. So from 26 to 36, yeah. most of my adult life, my young adult life, I identified as the partner of this person. Yeah. And so finding who I am in that space, in this new space of being quote unquote alone and, you know, breaking free of all of those like stigmas of like, you know, how are you going to meet someone again? And you know, you're throwing your life away or, you know, why did you decide to end the relationship? And, there's just so many things that we we put on each other that cause us to feel guilty with the choices that we make. Yeah. And I think that it's so important that we decide what we're going to live with, what is okay for us, mm -hmm. and be unapologetic about that. Mm. That is when you are going to consciously manifest your life. I love that. Yeah. There's so many things there that I want to touch on. First that really jumps out at me is talking about community mm. and also even within that female friendships right. and female relationships yeah. and how significant those are. 
because I know I'm also fortunate enough to have a lot of really powerful, wonderful female friendships and connections in my life with people who I don't have any blood sisters, but I feel like I have a lot of soul sisters. And when I hear women say they can't get along with other women or that they can't trust other women or things like that, it just, it hurts my heart because I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. And the significance of that and the significance of that in your story Mm. really resonates. Yeah, I think that, you know, touching on what you said about women having a lot of resistance in finding their community of women or their tribe, I, for me, from my perspective, I think that that has a lot to do with that you're not doing enough self-work. Because women are very intuitive just by nature. And we are very competitive by nature because of the structure of our patriarchal society. Yep. So we're pitted against each other mm-hmm. everywhere we turn. Mm-hmm. So finding your tribe means that you have to really go to the depths of your soul and find out who you are authentically mm-hmm. and let that shine through. Yep. And then your tribe will find you. But if you are in turmoil internally yeah. Yeah. and feeling like you are needing to be in competition in order to have relevance in a space mm-hmm. with other women, of course that's going to be deflective if we're empaths and we're so sensitive to energy and yeah. everything. You know, women are, we're just, we're just hi- higher vibrating beings than men. That's just the reality Word. of life. <laughs> so Word. It's just a fact. We're stating facts. So, you know, finding your tribe is also something that is so empowering. Yes. And so there's a lot of resistance energetically from men about women Mm -hmm. coming together and Mm -hmm. finding their tribe. Mm -hmm. Because they don't want that. Mm -hmm. Because guess what's going to happen? We're going to restructure our entire existence. Totally. (laughs) I mean, when when women recognize their power, that is... It's a wrap. It it leaves people shaking in their boots a bit. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. Oh, yeah, it's the best. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. Yes. And I think also, I mean, it also sounds like for you, especially growing up in Hawaii... That was also a big part of why community is so important to you. Yeah, right? absolutely. I think that I am super fortunate that uh, my soul chose to come out in Hawaii because it is such a magical place. I mean, the women that I'm friends with, I have been fr- my friends since some of us in kindergarten. Mm. So they're literally like my sisters. We've yeah. lived our whole lives together. Yeah. Everyone left for college. Yeah. We all played sports together too. Everyone left for college and then migrated back mm-hmm. and brought their partners or found their partners and have had their kids back in Hawaii, but we're all still really, really close. There's yeah. about nine of us that are like super close. And I've, we have all found that like moving to the mainland, different states, mm-hmm. that people are like, you're still friends with the girls <laughs> from kindergarten? Like, how do you still have stuff in common? Yeah. But what it is in Hawaii is there's this, just culturally, the indigenous culture of Hawaii is very much about allowing people to be who they are. Mm -hmm. So we have no stigmas to gender, um, sexual orientation, um, you know, race, creed, color, like the size of your body, none of that. Yeah. And so that foundation kind of still resonates even though we've been stolen by America and that's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But uh, the culture is still very much alive. And so that helped me to be able to have the space to cultivate relationships with women where we allow ourselves to grow Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and change and still find and support each other in that new space every step of the way. Love that and still have that foundation. Yes. Mm -hmm. You have to allow people to change. That's a huge conversation I was having with a friend the other day. It's like we have these triggers Mm -hmm. where we go and revert back to like older versions of ourselves Mm -hmm. whenever we're with family or old friends or ex-boyfriends or girlfriends, whatever the case may be, people from our past. And we don't even realize that we've become someone new until we go in that space. And you literally feel yourself saying things that you used to say that you wouldn't say anymore. Mm -hmm. And then your skin gets a little bit tight and you get a little tight in your bones and your body and you're like, I don't want to be this. And that's your soul resisting to this like old software that you're trying to utilize in this totally new space. Mm -hmm. So being aware of that is one of the most empowering things you can do too, to find a way to be the authentic version of who you are in the current moment with people who are going to pull at you to be who you used to be because they're comfortable with that. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. That is really hard. It's so hard. I know I struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, we all do. Mm -hmm. It's just, that's how our brains are are made to function. It's like a computer and it's supposed to just keep us safe. Yep. It doesn't understand evolution of the soul. Yeah. That's a totally different thing. And we're operating from both simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So identifying which voice is which. Is this my soul or is this my mind? And that's where the body comes in and emotions come in as triggers and signs and guides that speak to you and tell you mm-hmm. where you are, what needs to shift, what's happening, what's coming. Yes. But we have to tune in and listen to that. Ugh. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I have chills again. <laughs> yes, creating the space. <laughs> That's what this is for. Right. But I also think even when it comes to wellness, mm-hmm. I think that that is something that, that happens a lot with wellness. Say if someone starts having a different habit, maybe if they start getting more comfortable in their body and mm. exercising or eating differently and then going back around – you know, people who they maybe hung out with when they didn't have those habits mm. and feeling like there's this tension between, you know. Absolutely. I think that's more of a surface level example, but it's where I think people can start to really recognize it around those sorts of things or even around habits around drinking, smoking, maybe things that are maybe more self-destructive. Right. People walk away from that and then you start kind of hanging out with right people who you used to do that with and and figuring out how to manage that can be really really hard yeah exactly yeah i think a lot of that is the fact that we're most people are so uncomfortable being alone mm. because when you're alone is when the work really happens mm-hmm. you've got the support of the community you've got yep. other people that inspire you you've got mentors muses whatever the case may be yep. but the work is really about self-care, self-love, and self-discovery. And that can really only happen in solitude. Yes. And so we have to, you know, break down these walls of like these stigmas Mm -hmm. of being alone, being Mm -hmm. a negative thing. Oh, yeah. Like, who's your partner? Who are you dating? Where are you going to find love? Like, who are your friends? Do I have a lot of friends? Do I have a lot of followers? Mm -hmm. Are a lot of people commenting? Do people care about what I'm saying? It's like... None of that matters. Mm -hmm. The people who love you will be there when your soul needs them to be there. Yes. Otherwise, take those moments when you're alone or you have a chance to be alone and be in it. Yes. Be in that moment. Be in your body. Mm -hmm. Be fully present in that moment because we think about the future and the past 
almost constantly mm-hmm. when the only thing that really exists is right now. Yep, totally. The past is gone. The future hasn't happened exactly. yet. Like, why are we thinking yeah. about that? What <laughs> like, is the point? Yeah. It's torture. It's mind torture. And why do you think being in a state of solitude or, or spending time alone, why do you think that's so scary for people? Um, I think, you know, a lot of it is we are a collective consciousness. Yeah. So we are all connected. And so there's always going to be a longing for outward approval. Yeah. And validation. Mm-hmm. And so when we don't hit all the markers that society has set up for us, we feel embarrassed or like we're a disappointment or yeah. like we're not as good as we could be or we won't get the approval of certain people. And so I think it's important that we, first of all, stop caring so much what other people think. Mm. That's the first step. Word. And then also, you know, a lot of what we are holding and carrying around, going back to Erica Badu, <laughs> insert bag lady, yes. um, is really dark. Yeah. And people, that's what, so I've always heard this thing about shadow work. What is shadow work? And I always mm-hmm. thought, you know, I grew up super Christian. My mom, you know, took us to church our whole lives. And so there was a lot of like triggers and stigma on like um, manifesting and magic and, and darkness and your shadow self and like the universe and all those things. And so I kind of steered away from it for a long time. But I realize now that all shadow work really means is going to the places in your mind, in your spirit, where you've kind of been hiding or holding on to things or kind of like not dealing with pain. And so people don't want to go there because it means you might feel some really extreme pain. Yeah. And we avoid pain. Yeah. We're programmed to avoid pain at all costs. That is what the mind's job is. Mm-hmm. So you're literally in a battle internally with your conscious and your subconscious mind yeah. to avoid pain. Mm. When pain is the only way that we can grow. Mm. It's crazy. Bomb. Yeah. You just dropped a bomb <laughs> <laughs> on all of us. Bombs over Baghdad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's 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 the pivotal reason of why people just don't want to go there. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. Well, I'm fine. Well, you know, you know, we yeah, keep ourselves I, distracted. No, I, I'm sad, but like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I'll, you know, it's just like we yeah. just walk over it. Yeah. But it doesn't go away. Yeah. It's still in there. And guess what? It is still a part of your program that is manifesting every moment of your life. Yeah. So why do we want these secret people? steering our ship from behind mm-hmm. while we just pretend that everything's okay in the front like what yeah. no i want to be fully aware and fully con- in control of my life i love that yeah where it's even the idea of not seeking out some sort of approval or love or whatever it is we're looking for from outside sources all of the time yeah but figuring out how to how to create that yourself and right. how to have that from within. Right. And that takes time, yeah. you know. And and I think that we don't we don't put enough emphasis on how important that is. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, but like you need a career and like you need to make money. I mean, yeah. that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. You need to, you know, 
have an idea of where you're going to be when you retire. And, you know, as women, we need you need to hurry up and have a kid because the clock is ticking. And yep. if you want a kid, and then you better hurry up and do that. Yeah. And as a woman, you know, that's also another stigma. It's like if you don't have a child, it's like what are you doing? What is your value yeah. in life? Yeah. And guess where that comes from? Men. Mm-hmm. Because they need us to procreate. Mm-hmm. So there's always been this, like, subliminal push that it's like you're not you're not worth anything yeah. unless you have a baby. Yeah. And for me, I'm a woman who has chosen not to have a child. I have never had a strong desire to have a child. I'm obsessed with children. I love children. I have an auntie by blood four times. I have five <laughs> younger siblings and then all my soul sisters I told you about all yeah. have children yeah. that call me auntie. <laughs> and so I have a huge connection to kids. Yeah. And I think that the role of an auntie is so important in oh, our yeah. society. Totally. Because I have the space and the time mm-hmm. that a mom just won't have because she's given up her body, yep. her life, her her everything. Yeah. She's split in half yeah. for the rest of her life. She yeah. has sacrificed herself to be this incredible being that is a portal of creation. Yeah. So women like me need to be there to yeah. support them. Totally. And... I think that, you know, it's breaking down all of those rules for our role as a member of society Mm -hmm. and just saying, this is who I am, this is what I feel, Mm. and this is how I'm going to live. Unapologetically. Yes. And defining that for yourself, not what you should do. Exactly. Yes. I hate the word should and supposed. I hate it. I have a a friend of mine is a life coach, and she always says, stop shooting on yourself. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. If there's any takeaway from this show, stop exactly. shooting on yourself. <laughs> Write that down. Yes, that's a quotable. That's so it's a tweetable. Awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> but it's so true. It is. It's so true. Yeah. And we, you know, a lot of the suffering that we experience is just it's it's so surface and it's so um insignificant to the bigger picture of who we are and what we can accomplish mm-hmm. if we're just willing to be in pain sometimes. Yeah. Just be there. Totally. Sit there. I mean, I say it in my classes at Burn Cycle. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, your legs are going to start burning. Your muscle fibers are breaking down because you're pushing them and you're exerting them past what they do on a normal day. Yeah. But when you get past that, you actually literally get physically stronger. Yes. That is a perfect physical yep. example of what happens energetically as yes. well. You sit in the pain. Mm-hmm. You decide to live through the pain. Yep. You wait until you get through it and heal. Mm-hmm. And then you're on the other side and you're like, whoa, I could do that again. Yeah, Because exactly. I got through it and now I feel stronger. Mm-hmm. Do that in everything that you do in life. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Chills again. <laughs> So there's a couple of things that I want to touch on there. One, your classes at Burn Cycle, which for listeners who are in Seattle, you definitely need to come take one of Irie's classes at Burn Cycle. We will have uh, her schedule linked in the show notes so that you can take a class with her. Yes. Um, I love taking your classes. And Thank something you. that I really love is that you always incorporate either a message or some sort of visualization around self-love. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. About why you do that, maybe about your experiences with self-love and and how you've grown in that area and why you want to share that with other people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that for me, 
it's really hard to quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. I've always struggled with like meditation or prayer or just quieting the thoughts in my mind. Yeah. But I know that it's really the only way to find peace. Mm-hmm. And so it's a skill that I've really wanted to attain. Yeah. And being on the bike and exerting myself to that level forces my mind to shut up. Mm. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. Yeah. And so for me, especially to being a performer and being on a stage and trying to create a moment for people yeah. and trying to um, get them to feel something, I try to take that to burn cycle, take it to the room with the bikes and like incorporate all of my skills into this one 45 minute session of yeah. like self-love, healing, empowerment, mm-hmm. if you will. Yep. And so when we're on the bike and we're exerting all of this energy, I can feel in my body when those moments happen where there's a space to kind of like insert a message because I can literally feel the energy change when everyone's mind gets a little bit more quiet. Mm. Not that I can hear thoughts, but you know, telepathy is, is definitely a real thing. Mm-hmm. And there's people who have, you know, trained for years to be able to really understand what that means on a deeper level. But just on a basic level, you know, there's definitely moments where all of us have experienced it and maybe didn't recognize that that's what it was. But for me, tuning into everyone's energy in the room is super important because I know how difficult it can be to just be in the moment and be still and be quiet. Yeah. And so self-love to me is really just listening to my soul Mm. because that communion with your divine spirit is something that cannot be matched by any spa or guru or yoga class or anything. It's like all of those things are meant to create the space Mm -hmm. for the conversation with your soul. That's really what all of those things are. Yeah. We do these physical things. I mean, that's what yoga really even means, yeah. is to have a practice that brings you in communion with your whole self, your yeah. body and your divine spirit, mm-hmm. quieting the mind, allowing it to just be, by telling it that we're safe mm. so you can be still yeah. and take a break. I don't need you right now. Yeah. I am in communion with my divine self. Yeah, you don't have to fight. No. You don't have to be on guard. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just shh. <laughs> <laughs> so that to me is really the reasoning behind I even am in wellness and, yeah. and behind everything that I do. Every time I step in a room, I mean, I'm training personal, doing personal training one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. I'm leading boot camps mm-hmm. now and, you know, in everything that I do, I try to find at least one moment where I can speak to someone's soul. Yeah. Which is so good because I think that for a lot of people when it comes to fitness, and I know I used to be this way, and I know when I made the shift to to connecting my mind and my body, mm-hmm. it made a total difference. But you get so in hustle mode, in totally. grind mode, that you kind of – Turn your brain off. Your your body is just going on autopilot, and right. you're not in tune with what you need. Right. And so the fact that you can help people connect the two, mm. even if it's their first class, even if it's their first time trying something, I think yes. is really powerful. Yes, I love the way you're saying that because I've never mm-hmm. thought about it from that perspective. But mm-hmm. that's really what it is. Yeah. Because we're so much in our mind, yep. or we're so much in our body. Yep. 
And it's like so extreme one or the other. Mm -hmm. But this is a space where I'm trying to create that you are in communion with the Trinity, if you will, the Holy Trinity, (laughs) all of who you are in one moment. We don't do that a lot. And there's not a lot of things that we do that cultivate that. So... Yeah, you're teaching me things about myself right now. This is pretty dope. (laughs) That's what we're here for. Exactly. Exactly. The spirit speaks Mm -hmm. to us through other people, Mm -hmm. through the the things that I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. My spirit is telling me as I'm saying them to you. Mm -hmm. It's like that's what real conversation is. Oh, yeah. Totally. I love that. Yeah. That's why I love having these conversations and, and facilitating. I mean, I feel like... Every single time I talk to someone, I learn something new or I gain another perspective. And that's what the beauty is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. So we're all speaking from one voice, but mm-hmm. from different voices simultaneously. Yep. Yeah. And so when we can just let our guard down mm-hmm. and be authentic in a moment, even especially too with a stranger or somebody that thinks differently than you do. Mm-hmm. Such a huge, huge learning experience. Yeah. I mean, Russell Brand does that a lot on his podcast. He's all about bringing in people who see things from different perspectives than he does. Yeah. And it's just beautiful that we have these platforms now where we have people like you and him and all these other people that are cultivating these spaces for conversations that are allowing us as a collective consciousness yep. to expand yeah. our perspective. Exactly. It's so dope. Yeah. And it's like... All you have to do is listen. Yeah. Just listen. Just be open to it. Actively listen. It doesn't mean that you have to change what you believe in or how you operate, but just listen. Right. Yeah. Just hear people out. Exactly. And maybe you get a greater understanding of why they even got to that perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, which then expands your own. Yep. So dope. Exactly. (laughs) Ugh. I just love it. I'm such a nerd. (laughs) Conversation. So, Irie, what do you do for self-care? What does self-care look like for Mm. you? Especially, I didn't realize you were teaching and training and doing so much. Yeah, that's new. Yeah. That just started this month. Yeah. Um, I also work at the Neko Cat Cafe in Capitol Hill. (laughs) I just got a part-time job there. I'm obsessed with cats, P.S., by the way. (laughs) And, yeah, so I volunteer. Well, not volunteer. I get paid to be there, but... um, yeah, so I've got like four jobs now. Music, the cat cafe, yeah. and then two fitness jobs. Yeah. But um yeah, so self care is really important. Yeah. You need it. <laughs> I I love to push and I love to, you know, find strength and my will testing my willpower. Mm-hmm. I like to do like I love alcohol, but at the same time I love balance. Yeah. So I do like a whole month off. I used to do dry January, yeah. but now I'm like moving it around cuz I'm trying to just do everything a little bit differently this yeah. year. But um yeah, you know, for me, self-care is really just about always finding a balance. Yep. So one of my good girlfriends that I grew up with in Hawaii is um, an Eastern medicine healer. So Mm -hmm. an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner, massage therapist. And so I was so blessed to be able to have her kind of take care of me um, over the last few years. I would get acupuncture once a week. Wow. And I would have some of the deepest sleeps I've ever had because I've always had trouble napping, Mm -hmm. uh, which I know is a really powerful thing if you can nap. Yeah. And also just like I had lucid dreams there and it's just, if you've never tried acupuncture, it's something that I highly recommend. Mm. And I think that for me, 
the things that our soul really needs or that will be most beneficial to us yeah. are usually the things that we're afraid of. Yeah. So a lot of people are afraid of needles. They don't want to go to acupuncture mm-hmm. because they're afraid. Yeah. Even more so, I would say you're the type of person that needs to try it. Yep. Because not only will it do its thing that it does to heal you, but it'll be a moment of transformation for you mm-hmm. because you faced your fears simultaneously, went through the pain, both physically and figuratively, yep. and had a moment of healing. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. So that massage therapy, I like to get really, really deep tissue sports massages <laughs> where they just, yeah, Intense. crack you open. Yep. I'm always like, I need the masseuse to be bigger than me. And I'm big, <laughs> so. <laughs> but I usually opt for a woman. Mm-hmm. I just feel like massage therapy is very intimate. Yeah. And even if it's not sexualized at all, yeah. there is an energy yeah. exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that those two things, and then I recently have started going to Celsius cryotherapy. Mm. I haven't actually done cryotherapy, but oh, I do the do infrared it. sauna yeah. and the compression therapy once yeah. a week. Love it. So that's um, been really, really crucial in not only helping me to rest because I take a little nap in that um, sauna. <laughs> And also vitamin D and just like a healing from the inside. So infrared is a a very amazingly beneficial thing that you can look into if you've never tried it before. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, I think cryo is something that I'll probably try in the summertime. Mm -hmm. I'm very sensitive to cold. And I feel like walking outside after class (laughs) has been cryo. Feels like cryo. (laughs) Yeah. But... um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that it's also something that's really, really helpful, though. I know yeah. it's beneficial because, like, you know, when I'd get injuries when I was playing mm-hmm. sports, it was always um, ice, yep. you know, we iced everything because yeah. it kind of reduces the inflammation mm-hmm. and allows your body to get in there and heal whatever is happening. Yeah. So those things. And then I try to use, you know, I use natural deodorant. I use natural, organic, cruelty-free products on my mm-hmm. hair, on my body. Yep. Um, you know, I spend the extra money to have, you know, like natural dryer sheets, mm-hmm. natural laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. Like I try to have the l- least amount of toxic chemicals in my space as possible. Yeah. And that for is self-care. S- that's self-care, right? Yeah. So for some people, they think, you know, ah, you know, I don't want to spend $10 on dryer sheets when I can get them for three or vice versa, anything, you know, anything you're spending money on. But to me, I'd rather spend $10 now mm-hmm. than be spending thousands of dollars because I got sick. Yeah. And the body is always trying to get back to alkaline. Mm-hmm. That's our base. Yep. And so every almost everything in our environment is acidic. Mm-hmm. So there's always this balancing act. Mm-hmm. And I just try to do as much research as I can with yeah. my diet and yeah. my environment to keep it low on the toxin level. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know, like we were talking about before we started, I love ice cream. <laughs> I eat salt and straw sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> but with everything that I do, I try to always have a really good intention behind it. Yeah. Like one of my personal training clients was like, I'm leaving to Italy for two weeks. It's the first time I'm ever going there. She's like, but I really want to get back into shape, blah, 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 blah. You know, like has all these goals. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I said, don't even think about working out. Yeah. For two weeks, yep. be fully present in the moment, yep. eat whatever the fuck you want to eat. Yep. And just enjoy your And life. enjoy every bite. Yep. 
no guilt with yep. everything you eat because everything is energy. Mm -hmm. Everything. Exactly. And so when we pick up that salt and straw spoon and we're going towards <laughs> our mouth and we're thinking, I shouldn't eat this. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't eat this. Your body has a chemical reaction to that oh, energy. Yeah. yeah. You have to, I saw this girl once, I had lunch with her in California and she had this thing called sensual eating. Interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. I think eating is pretty sensual. It is. It's, it's about all the sensuality I have in my life these days. Oh, that's a lot <laughs> Same. Yeah. So it's, um, but it's basically like eating with intention. Yeah, I love and, that. And like really genuinely enjoying every bite, every chew, every mm. flavor, describing the food as you eat it. Yeah. She literally was like, not moaning like super audibly like an orgasm, but I mean just like, my mom used to do that and I used mm -hmm. to hate it. And it's so funny <laughs> because like every time we would eat pancakes, she loves pancakes. And so sometimes we'd have breakfast for dinner yeah. and she'd be eating her pancakes and she'd be like, mmm, mmm. And I'm like, mom, you're grossing me out. <laughs> like, shut up when we're eating. But now I get it. Yeah, It's mindfulness. It's mindful eating. Exactly. And being present. Totally. Yeah. And I'm not saying you have to audibly moan in a restaurant, <laughs> but just have a smile on your face yeah. or you have a good thought in your head before you take oh, totally. that bite. Well, eating is an experience. It's right. not just the act of like physically eating food. Like right. what you're experiencing in that moment yep. also impacts how you feel before, during, and after. Totally. Yeah. Totally. There's, I mean, if everything is energy, then everything is energy. Yeah. So the person who prepares the food mm -hmm. is putting energy into the food. The animals that you're consuming had a certain energy the way that they were slaughtered whatever yeah i mean that's a lot to impact too you know i have a lot of um not opinions but i have a lot of really deep and painful um documentaries that i've watched mm -hmm. about just the food industry especially in america yeah. and Oof. it's so heavy yeah that we're not thinking about that enough yeah I think now more so that all the documentaries are coming out and people are being more vocal about it people are realizing like what kind of energy we are putting in our bodies by condoning this type of food preparation yeah and overconsumption is a huge part of it too I yeah. think that we don't listen to our bodies we force feed ourselves we eat way more than we actually need and then we get sick yeah we have so much more um, power and ability to heal ourselves in our own bodies than we've been led to believe. Mm. And I think that that is a really powerful thing to research because we live now in the age of information yeah. where nothing is hidden if you go and look for it. Yeah. And so I encourage people to look more into that and learn how to, again, going back to self-care, learn how to heal your body. Yeah and how that works mm -hmm. so that you can create space for your body to do what it does because yes. it's pretty fucking magical. Yes. Yeah. Especially women. Exactly. Our bodies are like pretty, pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. What they can do. Pretty great. <laughs> we love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> All to listening. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, so, Irene, what does being a balanced black girl mean to you? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, just what we were just talking about, right? Yeah. Balance is everything. Yeah. And more so in this last year and a half, I've found the need for balance mm -hmm. and what that really means. And, you know, moving, 
here to the Pacific Northwest too has allowed me to be more present in being a woman of color. Yeah. Because in Hawaii, it's a melting pot. Everyone has multiple ethnicities and yeah. we all grow up as Hawaiians. Yeah. So identifying as a woman of color is something that I wasn't really prepared to experience. Mm. But I think maybe in that little bit of uncertainty and naivety, I'm a, I'm I'm able to be more of an advocate without coming from such a place of being jaded by all the pain and discrimination. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, I can't even I can't understand what that would even feel like. Mm-hmm. Um I'm grateful that I didn't have that, but at the same time, it's a learning experience for me now because yeah. I I meet women of color who've experienced a lot of discrimination and I'm learning what that really means yeah. and what that experience does to you as a person. Yeah. And kind of helping to be an advocate for us going back to what I said earlier, not identifying with our pain. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when we identify from our pain, it puts us on a certain path. Yeah. That is not empowered. Yeah. And it when you're not perpetuates the pain. Exactly. Yeah. And when you're you're not standing in your power, you're standing in your pain mm-hmm. and identifying that this is how my life is going to be and yeah. this is how people are always going to treat me. Yes. It will dictate a lot of painful situations and manifest a lot of pain. That isn't necessary. Yeah. You know, pain there's again, there's a balance. We need pain to grow, but you shouldn't be in a constant state of agony. Yeah. That's not life. Yeah. And so being a balanced black girl to me is being so proud that I am a woman of color and that I can be an advocate that is coming from a space where I'm not as jaded as I would have been if I had grown up in a different environment. Mm. And taking some of that extra energy that I was given because of the safe space that I grew up in and sharing that with women of color Mm. who have been brought down and broken and beaten Mm. by society or even physically and letting them know that I am here and as a strong presence, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm six feet tall. I'm, I have an athletic build. I've always been a very strong bodied person. Mm -hmm. I carry that level of energy too yeah and so it's important to me to understand that that is a gift yeah and i have to share that with people i love that especially with women of color yeah i love that and what i love about that is it's a conversation that kind of talks a little bit about privilege Mm. and having like you had the privilege of growing up in an environment where you could be who you were and not feel you know like that was a bad thing and that some people didn't get that and sometimes when people have any sort of privilege because we all have different privileges um some people more than others it can be easy to feel defensive about that or Mm. to feel like i had this hard but it's like actually privilege isn't a bad thing if you share it if you use Mm. what you've been given or like you said the energy that you didn't have to spend in other ways helping people who didn't have that same thing it could actually be a really positive thing right if we're honest about it right exactly yeah and i mean even going back to you know jesse dooley how Mm -hmm. i was saying she's such an advocate for marginalized groups and it's like um i don't know if you listen to amanda seals Mm -hmm. but 
I love her and I love how vocal she is about everything. Yep. She just has no resistance in saying anything. No, no filter. And no filter. <laughs> and I love that um, because we need to be that authentic. Yeah. And even if you don't agree with everything that she says, she is so fucking authentic. Yeah. And I admire that. Mm-hmm. And she talks a lot about, you know, like white privilege and how it affects women of color and she's very vocal about that and you know I grew up with a white mom and a white family Mm -hmm. and there was my sister Tiana and I and I didn't even realize that my family looked like we were adopted Mm. until I moved to California to go to college in 2000 and they were like what was it like growing up in a white family and I literally had a moment where I had to look at a family portrait and it was the first time that I saw that And that was such a pivotal moment for yeah. me. My whole world had been shifted in that moment wow. because that person showed me something from their perspective. Yeah, It's like the there's a story of the Native Americans and the first ships coming over from Europe or wherever they were coming from. Yeah. And they literally couldn't see the ships yeah. because they had never seen a ship before. Yeah. So it was like a mirage. Yeah. It was as if... It was a fantasy. They didn't even, it didn't recognize that it was a boat that was coming towards them with people on it. But that's really how much we control our perspective on life. Totally. And how many filters we are looking through. Yeah. And so it's just, it's so important to me to learn people Mm -hmm. and understand them because it makes you grow so much. Yeah. When you're just open to hear, like we were saying, when yeah. you, when you're open to just hear people out, exactly. And that's something that I try to practice in every interaction that I have, mm-hmm. whether it's a child or yeah. an old person or even an animal. Mm-hmm. You know, working at the cat cafe because <laughs> <laughs> because it's so funny because everyone always laughs when I say that. That's not funny. I love cats and I'm proud of it. I am not ashamed of it. My sisters think I'm crazy. But, you know, I think, you know, animals are speaking to us too. And animals always remind me that there's so much communication that's happening that's not verbal. Oh, yeah. And I think that it's so important when you can hone in on that skill. Because we communicate as human beings with each other in so many ways. And if you just are unaware of it, sometimes you can get into a situation that you maybe could have avoided Mm -hmm. if you'd just been paying attention Mm -hmm. to the signals people were giving. Oh, yeah. Even dangerous situations, like paying attention to the energy in the room Mm -hmm. and like something's going on over there. I don't know what it is. My dad always says, if you feel a bad vibe, get up and leave and ask about it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, don't go over there and ask. What are you doing? Yeah. What if it's really bad? Yep. Find out tomorrow. The vibe is enough. I don't need to see it. <laughs> exactly. If I feel it, that's enough. Exactly. Listen to the vibes. Yes. That's a real thing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it saved me from several situations because mm. I've definitely just left yep. places for yep. no particular reason. Yep. I just felt off. Mm-hmm. So trust that. It's so important to Trust your to guides. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Irene, thank you so much for coming on the show yes. today. I feel like you just got my whole life and <laughs> it was very much what I needed so where Same. can our audience find you how can we keep in touch with you yeah I tried to keep everything consistent so this is Irie Love mm-hmm. is my website my Instagram my Twitter 
Uh, my Snapchat is Iria Aloha. I'm sometimes on there, sometimes not. But Instagram and my website are kind of the two places that you can find everything about me. This perfect. is Iria Love. Yeah. yeah, perfect. And then, like I said, we'll make sure we also have your teaching schedule. And awesome. linked in the show notes, too. Yes. So that if folks are in Seattle, they can take your classes yes. and come say hi. Come ride. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.